1: a string of gunshots caused chaos yesterday at saugus high school just as the day was getting started a 14 year old boy and a 16 year old girl were killed three others were wounded
2: the suspect is a 10th grader nathaniel burr his 16th birthday was yesterday he's now in critical condition with a self-inflicted gunshot wound our lead national correspondent david begno is at saugus high school in santa clarita that's just north of la david good morning
0: Why did this happen? How did this happen? Where's the investigation stand?
2: The sheriff says the gunman acted alone, but they really have no motive to explain why he
0: would have ever done this in the
2: first place. The sheriff says the suspect used a handgun, and at the scene they found a magazine which was empty. The sheriff says every bullet was used on a student except the last one that the gunman used on himself. The lead detective in this case says he watched video from inside the school that shows everything which happened. And from the moment the student Pulled the handgun out of
0: his backpack, started shooting, and then shot himself. It took just 16 seconds. Paul Violas is a CBS News security consultant, an accomplished author, and a renowned global security and law enforcement expert. With over 35 years of experience, he's dedicated his life to finding solutions for the problems that keep you up at night. This is Security Matters with Paul Violas.
3: Welcome to Security Matters, where your security matters most. I'm Paul Violas, and this is a CBS News Radio production. A thank you to everybody that's been writing in, and I mean a huge thank you. You guys are just wonderful. Uh, the comments have been fantastic. I'm learning a lot from it, which is most important. Um, and I'm giving into the whole social media thing. I'm I'm old, but I'm I'm giving into it. So uh, you guys are teaching me a lot. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. Phenomenal comments. I appreciate all this. And for all of you that took the time to, to write a review up on cbsaudio.com, we really appreciate that here at CBS because you know what? It, it tells us where we're going. It also tells us where we need to go. Uh, so a, a, a big thank you there. Today, today we are going to talk about something that we've talked about before, but I assure you, you're going to walk away today with a different perspective. And the reason why and it's not that we haven't covered school shootings before. It's not that we haven't covered school violence before. But we're gonna cover it today through the eyes of the people, in my opinion and in the opinion of many, matter most and have the greatest to offer because they see it every day. And I'm talking about we're gonna see it through the eyes of teachers. That's right. In our society, and I, and as you sit back right now, whether you're on the train or whether you're at home or whether you're in front of your desktop or wherever you're listening to this show, or in the car, whatever it is, you have to sit back and ask yourself, and I, and I challenge you to do this, what's the name of the one teacher in your life that you remember most? And I bet you in that brief hesitation you just thought of that person. That's right. And you know why? Because that's how important teachers are to our society. Now, I don't know where the culture change came in from the time I went to school to today. But I can tell you clearly, teachers deserve reverence. They are the bedrock of our society. They steer our youth. They are responsible for educating our youth to take over our country, to be world leaders. How much more important can you be in a society? Also, when it comes to the subject of school safety, school security, school violence, mental health issues amongst students, students' behavior. When Who else would you rather talk to than the people that see this every day, the people that live it every day, the people that take it home with them every day? Which is why you've heard me speak with my friend, Randy Weingarten, who's the president of the American Federation of Teachers several times here on the show, and we will continue to. Uh, And that is not because I know Randy, it is because that I am an undying fan of our teachers, and I always will be. I personally owe almost everything of my career to two or three very special teachers, too, that will always stick out to me. And before we end today, I'm gonna ask you to write in, hit me up on social media, write us at violas.com, write us at, at CBS Audio. I wanna know who the teacher was, or the teachers were, that stick out in your mind that made that impact. I want you to think about that, please, because it's important. It's far-reaching. It's not just about today's show. It's about really, re- you know, changing the narrative back to making sure that teachers come first. And when I talk about we're proud to have here at 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 Security Matters to partner with our, our with our teachers in this country, I I'm elated. And today, I am I am humbled and I am proud and I am honored to introduce three of our country's finest teachers that. Over the next 15, 20 minutes, we're going to have a panel discussion, and you're going to get a really great cross view of the subject of school security, school safety, school shootings, especially on the heels of what we saw at Saugus High School in Santa Clarita, California. We saw two killed, four injured, and a 16-year-old shooter commit suicide. Now, I want you to stop for a second. I want you to think about what you did on your 16th birthday. No, I want you to think about what you were thinking about a week before your 16th birthday, the days before your 16th birthday, and then waking up that morning on your 16th birthday. Do you remember that? Think about it. Because this kid woke up on his 16th birthday with the intent to commit a mass shooting and take his own life. And I will tell you, And it's not just because I've been doing this for 40 years. It's not just because 32 of those has been as a behavioral analyst. I will tell you unequivocally that that kid said something or did something or displayed different signs in his behavior to people around him. We need to do a better job at looking at things like that. And we need to do a better job at listening to the people that see it more often. And without further ado, I am honored to introduce our panel today. Um, Catherine Bastian. And Catherine is a teacher in East St. Louis, Illinois, Cliff Sullivan, who is a teacher in Fayette County, West Virginia, and Jesse Olson, who is a teacher in Superior, Wisconsin. Catherine, Cliff, Jesse, thank you all very much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me. Thank you.
3: Catherine, I want to start off with you, if you, if you would. And did I, did I pronounce your name correctly? Bastian? that's correct oh there Thanks. we go nothing worse than mispronouncing someone's <laughs> name so god right. knows mine gets destroyed I, I, Catherine, all I'm the time
1: I'm sad, sadly i'm used to well, it I gotta, and i answer to it all <laughs>
3: <laughs> well i do as well mine gets destroyed all the time even it's, but it, yeah. it's fine so right, listen thank you so much for joining us Catherine. if you would tell us a little bit about your teaching background and a little bit you know your school where you're from
1: all right um i am born and raised in east st louis illinois um been teaching in my home district for about four and a half years now. Um, I've taught special needs students for over 25 years, um, high school and elementary um, in Illinois and Iowa, um, public and private. Um, the schools that I taught, taught at prior to um, the elementary school that I'm teaching at now uh, were racially diverse, but right now that I'm teaching in my home um, district, my hometown, um, that is, our population is uh, primarily. I'm thinking probably at least 97 percent um, black students.
3: Mm-hmm. And I teach
1: like special needs students um, at the present, first through third, um, autistic
3: children. God bless you. You know what, Catherine? Um, I when when I was in high school, we we had to have a. Um, um, I forget the, the exact way that they, that they put it, but we needed to dedicate time. It was a community service project every semester someplace. Mm-hmm. And, and I dedicated mm-hmm. my four years to um, a home for autistic children. And Aww. that was in high school and it changed my life dramatically. And, and I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you about mm-hmm. that later on. But I, my, my hat's off to you. You, you my friend, are, you are a blessing in, in, in many, many, many ways to this world. So thank, thank, you. thank, thank you for doing that. Cliff, how about you, Cliff? My name is Cliff Sullivan. I'm
2: born and raised West Virginian. I was born in Huntington, West Virginia, and uh, I teach in Fayetteville, West Virginia, and it's home to whitewater rafting, outdoor recreation, uh, pretty low population, a lot of mountains, a lot of uh, woods and things like that. I started teaching in New York City, though, in the Bronx at Crotona Park West, which is PSMS 4, uh, about 11 years ago. And I was a technology teacher, and I moved on to uh, back home and started teaching fifth grade. And so I taught fifth grade for uh, a few years, and now i moved on into uh, STEM and technology. So I'm focusing on uh, creating those innovative thinkers and those creative learners that you mentioned earlier, uh, responsible adults and so on and so forth. That's fantastic. I... I was also given uh, privilege last uh, year of being nominated as one of the top five finalists in our state for Teacher of the Year. So I was very very proud of that.
3: Congratulations! And it helped me get
2: on a lot. Yes. thank you. It helped me get on a lot of uh, panels and discussions about this exact subject as well. So well, Cliff, I'm, I'm geared up for this talk.
3: Honored to have you. And I got to tell you right now, you, you know, you can't get away with this. I've got to ask how how did you get to the Bronx? I have to know, because I'm from the Bronx. Uh, so how, how did you get there? Well, I'm well, from New White Park out you know, in Long Island, but I lived in the Bronx. So how did you get to the Bronx?
2: Well, I'll tell you now, I was, I was a world traveler. I lived in Germany. I went to school in Florida. I lived with my brother in, in uh, Northern California and San Francisco. And uh, the one place I'd never been was New York. So I decided to hop there and try to make it my own. And uh, on the subways, I saw the New York City Teaching Fellows advertisements okay. um, I started out as a as an animator and an artist and I uh, wasn't working out too well I jumped into that program was accepted and uh, you know you have to teach in some of those inner city schools oh,
3: that's great and
2: yeah. so I I chose the one in the Bronx and I tell you I loved every minute of it every minute of it I loved and I miss it
3: well that's fantastic Cliff and we're really glad that you're here I could tell you that right now Jesse how about you tell us a little something about you
0: Hi, um, I've been teaching for ten years now, um, all public elementary school, um, all here in Superior, Wisconsin. I grew up right across the bridge across the state border in Duluth, Minnesota, at the uh the tip of Lake Superior, largest lake in the world. Um, I in addition to teaching, um, I um, I'm a secretary for our local AFT branch, um Superior Federation of Teachers. I'm also a member of AFT's Gun Violence Prevention Advisory Committee. We have monthly um, conference calls, and we've helped organize um, the Student Summit on Washington that took place last year, uh, where the students drafted a student's Bill of Rights for Safer Communities.
3: Wow, that's fantastic. And you obviously are intimately involved in this subject, it sounds like, on on almost like a daily basis. So we are honored to have you with us, Jesse. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Catherine, I'm going to start my questions with you. Okay. Oh, my thanks. first question to you and, and 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 Cliff, Jesse, I'm going to come to, to each one of you with this question as well. But Catherine, I'm going to start with you. From the macro side, school violence, school security, school safety, school shootings, active shooters, active shooter drills, active shooter preparedness, this whole subject of risk and threats and... And school security, how do you see this in your 20 twenty five plus year career? How do you see this subject through the eyes of a teacher? Are we doing the right thing? Where are we going with it? What do you think
1: oh, macro is that 's the correct term yes, ma'am. of everything you just listed <laughs> um, i've seen well it's, well this this school security um, school safety, things of that nature. It's pretty, it's kind of new. Um, when I started teaching a hundred years ago, (laughs) that was the furthest thing from my mind. Um, you just assumed that you were safe. Um, you weren't thinking about students or adults coming to school with a weapon and causing harm. And, um, now, and I used to, this, is, this was me maybe 12 years ago, that recent where I would say I would never teach in a school that had a metal detector because if I don't feel safe, I'm not going to teach there. Now, um, I would probably be unemployed because I don't know of many schools
0: <laughs> right?
1: that, that don't exactly. have a metal detector, and I don't know if I would
3: want to teach that's, in a school that's in, that's that does not have
1: a metal detector.
3: That's an interesting Sadly. statement. Sadly. That's an interesting. Why, though? Um, May I ask you why? What changed? Um, what changed?
1: Everything going, going on around me. I have never worked in a school where something like this has occurred. We've I've practiced drills, you know, one or two times a year. But I've never had an active lockdown, per se, due to someone having a weapon. Maybe something going on in the neighborhood and we had to lock down. You know, maybe something, you know, police had to handle something, you know, um, a few blocks away, but I've never been fearful, you know, during the school day of, okay, there's an intruder. This is an actual event, not just a drill.
3: Very powerful you know, we statement. we really have to. Very powerful. Think, things have changed. Yeah, a very powerful statement, Catherine, considering years ago, as you said, you wouldn't have wanted to even work in a school that would have had mm-hmm. one. And now right. you, you'd be you know, reluctant to work in a school that doesn't.
1: Right, That's, right, because at wow. least they're, they're taking in consideration our, our safety because, because these are the times. Sadly, these are the times. These are things we have to consider now.
3: That's a powerful statement. Cliff, same question, from the macro. How do you see this subject? Well, it's, it
2: seems to have changed a lot since I was a, a, a kid in school in the 80s and early 90s where schools were revered as the center of the community mm-hmm. for positive reasons. Uh, they did positive things, positive uh, communications, positive collaborations with everyone, and you really looked at that place as sacred ground. Um, you know hats came off when you walked in in schools mm-hmm. uh, you know respect was across the board, and I feel that when I was there with my fellow classmates and and the instructors and everything that everyone felt loved i Working now, I try to give that same love to as many kids as I can and, and as many as my coworkers, but I feel as a society, uh, it's not the same. There's not the same feeling of uh, safety and connection and love that people have across the nation. And I, I think that's kind of developing what's happening in our society. We're, we're closing ourselves off more. We're able to, to cowardly say things across social media without uh, recourse and no one's there to, you know, to to tell us that they care for us or that um, this is wrong and this is right. And though we try in the schools every day. I feel that that message is is being convoluted and and lost in our society now. So as a macro uh, vision of of the country, that's what I kind of see. And, you know, to to close things off and put more man catchers at the front of schools and, and metal detectors and things like that, it, it doesn't seem as welcoming as it did, you know, when I was a kid.
3: Wow. So if 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 I understood you correctly, Cliff, then you see what's happened and what what is continuing to happen in our schools as a reflection of a cultural change in society and schools are part of the the victim of that almost that's powerful that's correct if i understood that correctly um
2: yeah that that's the way i see it it's not revered as much anymore i mean there's a tax on our school system from legislations from administrations that are higher up it it's not looked at in the same light as it used to and I, i mean as teachers we're you know we're right in the mix of that. I mean, I see it every day. I see, you know, I read the news. I know what's happening uh, around me, and and I do feel that it's it's a direct reflection of what's happening uh, around us.
3: Wow. Well, you know, I've, and I will tell you before I come to Jesse on this, I will tell I I completely agree with you. Um, when when we look, and I was I was doing interviews all morning this morning on on radio on this and. And one of the things that I find fascinating is that when we take and we step back and we take a look at this I agree with you now um i'm fifty eight so i mean i grew- I grew up in the in sixties and seventies in school uh but teachers were were revered i mean I'm from the school where i mean I still remember parent teachers' night where I would walk with my dad from from Class to class, and all my father did was put his business card down, say, Hi, I'm Mike Boyles. This is my son, Paul. If he says or does anything out of line, you let me know. And you know what? And then we went to the next one. Teachers love that. All they ever, you know, if you were talking in class, they'd just say, Mr. Boyle from the quit. No, 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 ma'am. No, no, no. That's fine. You know, that, you need not right. to finish the sentence, you know, because right. we grew up in a society where teachers were revered. Um, and I do agree with you, Cliff. I agree with you 100%. Uh, but I'm going to come back to that. Jesse, same question to you. On the macro side, how do you see this subject?
0: Uh, first of all, I want to say, Cliff, you absolutely nailed it. Um, that is the main thing that we need to do as a society, that we need to address as a society. Uh, all of the, All of the lockdown drills, all of the secure entries and the metal detectors, those things are all good. Those things are all progress. I would call those things triage. Uh, They're dealing with the problem at hand that needs addressing immediately, which is dangerous people and dangerous weapons getting into our schools. Um, They're not going to be 100 percent effective. I think we have to take into account that most school shooters are either students of or former students of that particular school. And we've been doing these lockdown drills now for so many years that we have to consider those potential shooters have been doing the same lockdown drills as everyone else. So they know exactly how a lockdown works. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And if they were going to try to circumvent that, they would definitely have the resources and the knowledge to do so. So those are triage. Those are wonderful things that we can do to help make our schools safer in the short term, the secure entries, the metal detectors, the security guards, the police presence. Those are all things that can take care of the problem Immediately, but the main issue is that we're not caring for each other. Mm-hmm. That there are students going through our schools that have zero connection to any staff member at that school. They have very few friendships, and the ones they have might not be the most healthy. Their home, their home lives may not be the most healthy. But the most pertinent thing for us is te- as teachers and us as a society is to foster healthy relationships.
3: Are we doing that? Right. Are we doing that? And I'll, I'll come um, Jesse, I want to, that that follow-up question too. Are we doing that? I
0: feel like to a degree we are. I feel like teachers do their best to do that. Um, let me I rephrase the for question. Myself,
3: Jesse, let I've, me rephrase the question. Are we as a society allowing teachers to do that? Are we allowing Are we creating the environment for teachers to do that? Um by and large,
0: I'm going to go ahead and say no on that one. That been- um, and the reason is because there's so much pressure from other areas that we've lost track of the social aspect I think- of school.
1: Data and-
0: exactly, exactly, Catherine. We've got kindergartners who don't get to play anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. We've
0: got right. kindergartners who don't have that social interaction with their peers that built the foundation for having healthy relationships into middle school and high school and beyond where they aren't going to react by getting violent with someone. They aren't going to react by bottling up everything inside and having it all come out all over a school grounds. We need to focus on that social interaction in school, and there's so much pressure coming from testing, from government standards, from um, administration, from state, uh, state governments, national government, politicians all trying to throw their hat in, school choice, all of this stuff takes away from what's really needed, and that's us learning to work together because that's what our society is. We need to learn to work together.
3: Wow, and if that. we
0: can't do that, you can see everything else fall apart because of it.
3: And you know what, Jesse? Good and for you Jessie, saying I- that. And Catherine, I'm coming to you on this. You know why? Because I know you're feeling this too. Tell me what you think about what Jesse what and Cliff just said.
1: Um, you hit on it. It, in your introduction, when you spoke on um, mental health um, of students and recognizing you know that students may be may have faced some type of trauma or, or um, just just life, and with so much going on um, we're moving so fast you I can't remember if it was Clint, uh, Cliff or Jesse that stated, you know, that they, you know, we, we, we want to show that love to those students, but sometimes we're moving so fast because in the back of my mind, I know I have to get this done. I have to get that done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and I may not be able to love on that student like I want to or um, process what I see going on correctly, where 15 years ago, where I was able to have those conversations with those students and, um, and get to know them really well. But now so many times we, we have to, well, can we'll have to try and talk about, talk about that later. Well, maybe we can come back to that.
3: Sadly, sadly, that that happened. Sadly. Mm -hmm. And and you know what, Catherine, I want to, I want, I want to piggyback on that for a second because, um, and I will share this with you. Well, obviously I'm going to share it with a couple million people right now, and I'm fine with that. (laughs) Um, um, when you talked about that, you really struck a chord with me when you said you don't have time to love on them. When um, I, I, I got kicked out of seventh grade for fighting, and mm-hmm. uh, my parents sent me to a Catholic school where my brother was teaching. And I was the last kid that wanted to show up at a Catholic school, and trust me, the, the, the nun that was in charge of that school, I was the last kid that she wanted to see, if I'm painting that right for all three of you, okay? But there was one teacher. There was one teacher that changed my trajectory. Sister, God, God rest her soul, Sister Mary Margareta. And she took me by the hand one day. She looked me in the face. She saw this anger, and she diffused it. And for two years, I had nothing but love from that lady, and she changed my trajectory. So Mm -hmm. what I am saying to you and everybody else, and I'm going to come back to Cliff on this next point, and Catherine, I have have another question for you, but what I'm saying is I agree with what you're saying. I am living proof of it. Mm -hmm. And by the grace of God, I have served this country well for the last 40 years. Because she was in your life. You're not kidding. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay, and I had (laughs) wonderful parents, the best in the whole world. But teachers are a critical influence to the trajectory that everyone takes in our society. And, Cliff to, and, and Jesse, to your points earlier, I think where we're sitting right now is reflective on the fact, that, Catherine, like you said, that we're not given that kind of love and attention. And uh, there's a lot to be said there. So, Catherine, my next question to you, in a micro <clears throat> sense, when it comes to school security, school safety, are we, in your, in your estimation, and I'm asking you because I, I see you three as my subject matter experts. I don't need to talk to anybody from security. I don't need another law enforcement opinion. I don't need another psychiatrist. I need a teacher's opinion. In your eyes, Catherine, are we doing what we need to do? And if we're not, what do we need to do?
1: Um, I think the news is telling us that we're, um, and statistics are telling us that we aren't doing what we need to do. And it involves so much. Yes, we need um, reading, writing, and arithmetic, or however that phrase used to be. <laughs> um,
0: that's um, the three R's, Catherine.
1: Right, reading, writing, right, right. That's what it was. That was, good, that was good. <laughs> and um, we we do need that. Of course, we want our our students to be prepared and be productive citizens and contribute to society, and um, but if they're hurt, you know, if they're hungry, um, if they face um, a lot of pain, a lot of drama, excuse me, trauma, um, things that are going on in their lives, we, we, we have to address it. We have to, because we will have these, um, as the saying goes, hurt people hurting people. Right.
3: Well... Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's,
1: they, they, they have to be given the tools. Someone has to learn to listen to them, give them um, the tools they need um, to, to, to um, how do I say it, to you know, not just count to ten but actively um, solve problems. You know, how do I address it? How do I effectively communicate instead of bottling all of this in mm-hmm. and making my notes on how I'm going to hurt someone at school? You know, who, who, you know, how do we, you know, give these students the tools they need to, um, to be healed, healed human beings?
3: Hey, you know what? Like you said, that, mm-hmm. that, that,
1: that, sister, that sister helped you. She yes. saw you're acting. And when I see it in my own schools and with my own students, um, you're, they're acting out for a reason. There is something going on, mm-hmm. not because I just want to be bad or I just don't know any better something's going on, Good we question. need to get to the root of what it is that's, what it is that's troubling that child.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Instead of passing them on and ignoring them or, or, or ha- holding our hands up in praise, oh, they're not here today.
3: Catherine, let me tell you something just real quickly. And, and Cliff, I'm coming to you and Jesse with the same question. Uh, I'll tell you how, how on sure. point you are. So I have worked, I started specializing as a behavioral analyst back in the mid-80s. So I've worked well over 3,000 shootings in either schools and workplaces or active shooters, what <laughs> now we've labeled as active shooters. And I will tell you what I find fascinating about what you said and how, po- how on point you are. Um, a recent study was conducted where a bunch of people that have been incarcerated for either school shootings or workplace violence shootings were questioned and... They said almost the same thing across the board. You should have listened, and it didn't have to come to this. Mm -hmm. So to your point. They speak
1: loudly. They speak loudly. They are screaming. Their actions, their behaviors are screaming at us. I need help.
3: That's my point. That's my point. And we can spend all the money we want, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't, but Instead of locking the problem in, maybe we need to start looking at the problem inside. I think you're all addressing that. Cliff, same question, too, on the micro side. Are we doing what we need to do, and if not, what should we be doing?
2: Uh, I believe we're not doing what we need to do okay. to address this issue. Probably, you know, you can probably get that from what I stated earlier as a whole society, but on a micro level, at the schools themselves, I agree with everything Catherine said. Uh, we... These kids are screaming out. The problems are there. They need to be recognized. But the bigger issue with that is that as a teacher, I don't have time some days to be able to interact with kids the way they need to be interacted with. Mm -hmm. And that is because I'm being piled on. Things are being piled on to me over and over. More work, more paperwork, more things I need to fill out, more trainings, more... um, Uh, of this that I need to do, uh, you know, 20 minutes a day I need to do these
1: things. (laughs) There's
2: so much being piled on educators
1: that we're losing our ability. to add on things all the time. (laughs) Yep, and and we're
2: losing our ability to step out in the hallway and interact with these kids because I'll tell you, you know, when I was a young student about around 16, you know, I got in, in a fair amount of trouble myself. And the only thing that really pulled me out of that was educators asking me what was wrong, cheer up, look on the bright side, just walking down the hallway, coaches, you know, um, teachers I didn't even have in class could see that on my face and, and, and interact with me. And if we're not allowed to be in the hallway or be in interacting situations with our students and having a good time with them and we're bogged down with this extra stuff, then those interactions are going to go away and we're going to miss those key moments when we can talk to those students and find out exactly what's happening. Wow. You know, I had an incident today where a kid was very upset and I stopped what I was doing to be able to talk to him. And then maybe that's not what they wanted me to do at the school, but by God, that's what I wanted to do because he didn't need to feel the way that he felt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's just not time for that. And, and it really needs to be looked at on that level of wow. let us teach because part of teaching is interacting with the students and building a relationship with them. We see them more than most parents. Relationship. Mm-hmm. And well, so that is, you know, my biggest pet peeve with what's happening now is they're taking us away from those interactions with the students that we so vitally need to have.
3: I think you hit the ball right out of the park on that one, Cliff. Jesse, same question to you from the micro side of this thing. Are we doing what we need to do? And if not, what should we be doing?
0: Uh, No, we're not. We're not. We're not allowed to do the thing that we need to do. And I think uh, both Catherine and Cliff hit on that very, very well. Catherine, you said their behavior is telling us we need help. And as soon as you said that, I thought back to um, in May, I believe it was Park Rose High School in Portland, Oregon. Uh, There was a student who brought a shotgun to school and um, he was disarmed by teachers. But rather than being tackled, or uh, being attacked and then held down, uh, he was disarmed by a football coach named Keenan Lowe. Yeah, and uh, Keenan, rather than tackling him or holding him down, his solution was first, obviously get the gun away, and second, give him a hug. Yes. And there's video footage of this coach and this student embracing in the hallway, and that... I mean, that's the most extreme version of we need help, obviously. But um, that that coach, Mr. Lowe, saw that, and uh, he he understood that that was what was needed at the time, that Mm -hmm. he could serve two purposes with that hug. First, he could keep keep people safe. He could keep that student there. And second of all, he could give that student a little triage. He could give that student the first thing that he needed
3: to heal. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you something. The, The three of you are some powerful people. My God, you, I mean, I'm listening to to Catherine talking about just not being able to love on kids like like you need to, and 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 Cliff about there's just not time, and and Jesse about not being allowed to do what we need to do, and the common denominators here. Even though God knows I'm horrible in math, I see the common denominator here. You know, you guys see something. And I'm so, man, I'm, I, I am just so blessed that we decided that we're going to take this turn and partner with our teachers because you guys are going to open a lot of eyes. You need to. You need to. We need to change this narrative because you're right. You're absolutely right. And we need to get back to a place where teachers are empowered to do what they do best. And that's what the three of you spectacular souls are saying right now. So I will close with this, Catherine, Cliff, Jesse, one at a time, your message to our audience, your message to America on this subject, what would you like to say?
1: Um, Let's not discount the students that are bullied. Um, Let's take that seriously. Let's when they come to us and tell us that someone is saying something about them, or even if they say nothing and we we overhear it, let's not ignore it. Let's let's stop it in its tracks. Um, let's give those students um, um, our students some, some training or education in executive functioning functioning skills and. Um, Problem problem solving skills and or just you know basic communication. How do I express myself? Um, and, and and allowing the teachers to um, as we stated before to love on those students. I, I, I do love on my students. I, my students are my, my babies. My, my staff, they say, you know, they joke. and They're, they're semi-serious, but they joke that I, <laughs> I bake my students. If, they, if, if they're going to know love, they're going to know it in my classroom. I don't know what's going on at home. We have so many facades and so many, oh, everything looks so glowing and so wonderful. But they're definitely going to get love in my classroom. You know, I'm going to hold your hand when we walk down the hallway or we walk um, to the bus. Um, But um, we we all need to be equipped properly. You know, with so much that's going on, we need to be equipped um, to to help these students and given the time to help these students. And we can't just depend on the school counselor um, to help them.
3: Well said, Catherine. Because
1: we we, we wear many hats, and it's not just teacher.
3: Yes, ma'am. No. (laughs) And, and teachers always have worn those hats and we need to let you continue to wear them but empower you to use each one right. of those tasks of those hats because, you know, there's a saying that, when and I do a lot of public speaking and, I, and I'll throw this out to people once in a while to see if they know the right answer. And it goes, piggybacks on what you're saying and, and, and the, that statement is, what is a more powerful emotion, love or hate? And you know what the truth is?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Whichever one you choose. You know, and you all are saying that very same thing. Cliff, your final, your mess not final, because I'd love to have you all back on this program, but what is your, for today's episode, what, what is your message to our listeners?
2: Well, being a, a technology teacher and someone who relies heavily on computers and coding and computer science, um, I'm going to go against that and say you know, we need to put down the technology and, and show our kids how mm-hmm. you actually come together and interact as a society properly. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that is, um, you know, showing up for community events, whether that is uh, forming um, after-school clubs or things that get kids involved in, in, in interesting and fun activities as a community. Um, and then also we need to empower those relationships that used to be around between schools and our communities. We need to, to connect those bridges again and open up as many portals as we can to allow people into our schools to help with those situations, to help us interact with students and help us show them how you positively can behave in society to battle the bullying problems that we have because we're hiding behind screens and we're hiding behind phones where there are no consequences, you know, straight away, but being able to interact properly and show them, this is how you can help someone. This is how you, you lift up your neighbor and your fellow man and, and, and get them back on the right path. And I think a really powerful, uh, like GIF I've seen recently is a basketball player, and he missed a shot or something, his head's down, his teammate runs over and lifts his head up.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, in that simple gesture, I just think as a society we need to do. And not only that, but also let's revere teachers again. Let's revere our schools. Let's stop trying to find another solution, and let's actually give schools and educators the resources they need to perform what they've done for over a century. Because we know what
3: we're doing, and our heart and soul is in it. So
2: we just need everyone to help support that.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, Cliff, that was completely spot on. So, Jesse, as we close here, I would love to hear your message to our audience. What do you want them to know?
0: Well, um, I've taught in public schools, which, of course, are a government organization and uh, therefore the people who are in charge of our government are in charge of our public schools. We need to have people in charge who have public education in their best interest. We need to have people who will fund our public schools so that we have things that will really, really help us connect with these students. Smaller class sizes, which would mean hiring more teachers. Um, More qualified health professionals and mental health professionals in our schools. I'm in a school of about 400 students And we have one guidance counselor. There's no way that that one counselor, bless her heart, can get to all 400 of our students in the way they need um, from her level of expertise. We have one uh, school psychologist in our district of over 3,000 students. Uh, They're extremely overworked and extremely underfunded. We need people in charge who will fund the schools and get the people into the schools that we need to have in the schools.
3: Wow. So – Bottom line here, as far as what we need to do, there is some restructuring that needs to go on from the top down. Am I, am I getting it Absolutely.
0: Okay. We, we need to think outside the box on this one and, uh, and think long and hard about who we put in our schools and the value we're getting out of the people that we put in our schools.
3: Wow. That's, that's extremely on point, Jesse. Thank you. Cliff, Catherine, all three of you. Um, something told me that we really needed to do this and and when i reached out to our friends over at the uh, American Federation of Teachers they just jumped at the opportunity and loved the idea of giving teachers a voice and and you know listening to the three of you i i i just feel so blessed to have had the opportunity to share your wisdom and your insight your knowledge your heart your soul your passion your love with Everyone that's going to listen to this program and how we're going to promote this going forward and how you, the three of you, Catherine, Cliff, Jesse, will be the bedrock. You will be the foundation, our keystone in building our, you know, whether it's once or twice or three times a month, our teacher's corner, our segment by getting a different teacher on, on this program consistently to do exactly what you're doing. You set that groundwork today. And as God is my judge, I am telling you right now, I am grateful beyond words. Uh, you are all heroes. Every single teacher we have is, and if all of us listening right now can take some from something from this, I will, I will close with my statement, and that is the the gentleman that I have been friends with longer than my but we, 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 we go back to kindergarten together and we're still the best of friends. He, he's a, my brother and he listens to this program. So Ed, when you hear me mention this name, I know you're going to shake your head. But Gerald Georgie, our sixth grade teacher, laid the foundation for me and him and thousands of other kids and taught us how to study, taught us the love of learning, the love of books. To this day, Do you know, Catherine, Cliff, Jesse, to this day, when I read the paper, I still have a dictionary next to me because (laughs) that's what this man taught us in the sixth grade. And I told you my story about Sister Margareta. And these are small examples of the countless people that you create in your jobs as teachers. Never let anyone minimize the importance you have, not just to that school and not just to those families, But to this society, we need to change a lot of things. And what I have learned from today and what we are going to make sure that we shout on the rooftops and we will use the power of CBS News Radio to get this out. I will promise you that. We need to make sure, Catherine, that we watch out for those bullied kids and we start incorporating more love back into them. We need to listen to them. And Cliff, we need to make sure that we take the time to give you the t- We need to make sure that we give you back the time you need to interact the way you do best.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And Jesse, yeah. we need to make sure you are allowed to do what you need to do. Yes, sir. Because I truly believe if we listen to the three of you, if we listen to your colleagues that will, God willing, join this show and share their opinions. I truly believe that is the answer we've been looking for to minimize school violence, to deal with the mental health issues, to deal with so many of the things we see going on in our schools. I feel that is what you've illustrated today. And I will tell you that on behalf of everyone at CBS News Radio, on behalf of my entire staff here at Security Matters, I can speak for everyone to say that we are enormously blessed that you decided to come on the show, that you do what you do. We remain grateful for you, and we hope that all three of you will consider coming back on. You will spread the word, and you will allow us to work with you in doing whatever we need to do. Town halls in your community. I'll come to your community. do a town hall there. I don't care. I'll do whatever you want. (laughs) But let's not make this conversation end when we close this show. That's what I'm asking you. Let's continue this. Call me on this. If you think we can use this brand to promote this and get this going down the road, then let's do it. I'm all in, all right? And I'm, I'm saying this to all three of you right now, I'm all in, okay? So Catherine, Cliff, Jesse, thank you. And I hope and pray that we get a chance to stay in touch and that we work together more closely, in the time to come. So, thank you.
0: Thank you for the opportunity, Paul. Thank it was you. My pleasure. Thank you. It was an honor.
3: On behalf of everybody here at Security Matters and at CBS News Radio, we thank you very much for listening today. Remember, what's so important? What we heard today, and this is just the beginning. And be listening for our teachers' corner, which we're going to be launching in December. And you're going to be hearing a different teacher's voice, like today. You're going to be hearing it more frequently. And together, we're going to do something dramatic about improving this plague of violence that we have going on in our schools. So on behalf of everybody else here, have a great week. Be safe. Be well. God bless.
0: Thanks for listening to Security Matters with Paul Violas. The podcast is produced by Seth Nyman and CBS News Radio. For more podcasts from CBS News, visit
3: cbsaudio.com podcasts.
1: or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide.
3: But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about
0: the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is.